Welcome back to another episode of Homebrew Portal. I'm Big J. And I'm Byte. And today we're going to be giving you some fun character ideas. Hey, you, you know what? I don't need no stupid game to tell me how to have fun. I'll do it all on my own. If you think Poop Dragon's hard, you should never play Diarrhea Before we get to our regular content today, we have an announcement. We are going to be streaming every Friday at 4.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Well, almost, at least most Fridays. Um, on Clumsy Questers, that is the name of the Twitch stream, uh, starting on May the 7th, that's Friday. Uh, for us recording right now, that's tomorrow. By the time you're listening to this, it's probably today at 4.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, we're going to be doing Pathfinder 2E, and it's all going to be homebrew. I'm homebrewing basically everything. The entire game is written by me, uh, Big J. Uh, so it should be a great time. Um, if you can't catch us at 4.30 p.m. Central Standard Time this Friday, uh, within a couple days we will be uploading uh, to YouTube as well. So you can catch it all back there, just not live. Um, we are... <coughs> excuse me. Uh, we are going to be including links to both YouTube and to Twitch in the description on Anchor. All right, so we've all been in that position where you, you need to make a character and maybe you don't have one. This especially happens if you're the kind of person who plays in a lot of different games very quick and not so much to people like me and Byte, who are often forever GMs. Um, <laughs> so we thought we'd just give you guys some... Um, good character ideas, some fun ones to play. Uh, the first one I'm going to fire off here is one I've played quite recently, um, and this is Old Man Sorcerer. So you basically make a sorcerer. You could do a wizard, too. I mean, this worked for any, like, just dedicated caster. And you make him an old-as-shit man, like, just ancient. And you have him, like, be senile. And uh, in the campaign we were running, the running joke was that Old Man Kriegus was actually a god and just forgot and uh, he had all of his power hidden just because he couldn't remember he had it. Yeah, this is by far my favorite character that you've ever presented to me. This character is just absolutely hilarious on roleplay and gets along with essentially any party. Right, because he just has no idea where he is, and his only like gripes are like, um, like part of his backstory was that he had a tower, but, um, after some kids were on his lawn around his tower and a fight, he threw a fireball. He kind of just left cause he felt like he needed a vacation, got lost, forgot he was on vacation and ended up with the party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, old man, yeah, <laughs> his, his voice just absolutely does it for me. If you can do any kind of old man voice, 
this character is a great character to play. Oh, you gotta have the old man voice, and it's hard to maintain, but um, it's it's really funny if you can. You're gonna have to take a couple cough drops halfway through. Oh, oh, for sure. I, I had when I when I first did it, I had some uh, green tea with honey on standby. <laughs> so the first character I have is kind of a jokey character too. It's a rat folk bard that his bard profession is just storytelling and he just constantly is is telling stories about his infinitely large family because he's a rat folk he just has a million siblings and and aunts and uncles so any given situation during the game you can just pull up some random story that someone in your family did this similar thing one time and you can embellish it as much as you want I'm just imagining this character where it's like halfway through like a long journey and he something happens and he goes, you know, this reminds me of the time my cousin and that whole party's just, ugh. <laughs> it's that annoying friend that in your friend group that nobody ever wants to bring to parties because he doesn't shut up. <laughs> I It's great. I love it. Um, my next one, uh, I just call this one the Luchador. Uh, this one works especially good if you're playing Pathfinder. Um, I actually don't know if they have this in 2E, but in 1E there was a um, a brawler uh, sub uh, archetype called a Grappler that specific focused uh, focused on um, or a Strangler that specifically focused on grappling. And um, this is a great character to do because you basically just pretend that every combat encounter is a WWE match. So you have two ways of going about this. Either one, find pick a WWE wrestler and just impersonate them really badly, or just get a list of catchphrases from WWE. And there's a lot. And um, just um, get just get a whole list and just shout them whenever you enter combat. Like, can you smell what I'm cooking? And then just jump in. <laughs> it's it's fantastic. And um, or you could just. Like, or you could just impersonate Macho Man Randy Savage the entire game. I haven't seen you play this character, but I I would love to. I mean, just the idea of someone just yelling out really terrible wrestling lines every ten minutes sounds amazing. I was 100% going to do it, but then I got the idea for uh, Old Man Kriegus, the Old Man Sorcerer I play, and I just, I had to do Old Man Kriegus instead. <laughs> so my next character is a little bit on the edgy side. A lot oh, of it no. on the edgy side. Oh, no. So this is my Duskwalker Sorcerer. And Duskwalker, for those who, who don't know, is a sub-race in Pathfinder 2E that's essentially returned from the dead and has no memory of, of previous life. And this is a sorcerer that that's, you know, worships Phrasma and you know, wields a scythe and is focused on, like, melee combat with a scythe and is just all about death and is really edgy all the time. Yeah, that you, know, you might cut yourself on some of those edges. <laughs> um, I've never been a fan of edgy characters, although I do get why that might be fun to play, but uh, I personally am uh, against the edge. Um, my next one is a bit different, and this one you're really going to have to work with your game master to do. This is one I've never gotten to do, but always want to do, and I've wanted to save him for a higher level party. Um, the idea here is, I call him the actor, 
So the idea is you have uh, someone who had magical ability at birth, but um, ended up signing up with an acting troupe and becoming a famous stage actor, like Shakespearean plays, in the region you live. And then he got a new role as a, uh, a, a sorcerer in a new play, and he decided he needed to get some uh, like experience uh, in the role. He wanted to research the role, so he joins an adventuring party. And um, you can play him however you want. You could be like real egotistical and be like um, like a real like those actors that are like, "I'm better than you. I act. I have a Sagatwa Award or whatever, <laughs> right? Like I have three Golden Globes." Or you could do it completely opposite and be like real gracious. And like the GM, if he wants to, you can have like a fan run up and you do signatures. Uh, I think that one would be fun, but you definitely have to get the game master in on it. Yeah, yeah. If you have a game master that that really, really likes to interact with characters, that's a really good one to just have random, random NPCs recognize you all over the place. Like I always thought it'd be funny if like um, there was a side quest where like an obsessed fan runs up. And, uh, like, turns out to be, like, possessed or something. There's, like, a big combat encounter. But the sorcerer doesn't want to kill him because it's still one of his fans. I always thought that'd be entertaining. That actually might be kind of a fun character to do with the uh, the Vigilante class from Pathfinder 1E. Uh, I've never been a fan of that class, personally. You can, you can, like, run around in your costume because you don't want people to recognize you and get in your way. That might be the one way where I would actually be okay with Vigilante, because normally I hate Vigilante. Yeah. Yeah, Vigilante, yeah. Anyways, uh, my next character is a Gnome Artificer. That This one's really fun. You could play this seriously, but I like it that it's a Gnome Artificer who he, he's just constantly, if you get your GM on it, you can just constantly make like useless gadgets. If your GM allows it, you can be like, I have this rock that will create light, and then when you create light with it, it just kind of like glows a little bit. Nothing really happens. <laughs> just really bad artificer. Yeah. <laughs> He's just a bad artificer. It's terrible, but I love it. Um, I have one that's going to be a bit hard to explain. I call this one the Tropy Tengu. Uh, for those of you familiar with Pathfinder, you know that the Tengu are essentially bird people. And I have played this one before, and on paper it sounds terrible, but when executed well, I got so much enjoyment after this. Um, basically, she was a Tengu, and I was really tropey about it, and I had props. So I'd show up to the session, and I had like a bag of feathers, like uh, like white feathers, like hidden under the table. And whenever she would like um, get into a situation where she'd have to run away or something big had happened, I'd take like three or four feathers and just throw them onto the table as if like, you know, like in a cartoon when a bird, like the road runner once and there's like a couple feathers left behind. Um, anytime there'd be a conversation, she would be like completely unaware of the size of her beak, right? So she'd be like standing in between two people having a conversation and her beak would just be protruding completely in the way of them <laughs> talking. Like it was just the tropiest Tengu imaginable. I played it like it was a cartoon character. And it's it's not easy to execute, but if you can, hilarity. Yeah, you could I mean you could do some fun stuff with a with a Tengu like that. Just you know, you can like try to fly and then remember you don't actually have wings. Oh yeah, I definitely did that once. Um, it was just I went as tropey as I possibly could with it, and it was a great time. Um, 
And I'm sure you could do that for like some of the other bestial races, like cat folk. I'm I'm sure you could get real trophy with that. Yeah, yeah. There's that one class in in Pathfinder One E that nobody plays. It's essentially the elephant, or is that in D and D? I don't remember. Uh, I don't think that's in Pathfinder. It might be D and D. Anyway, elephant race that nobody plays. It, it could be fun to do something like that. Oh my gosh, the new dog race in Pathfinder. Like, yeah. Squirrel! <laughs> just like, <laughs> real jumpy and excitable. I mean, you the beast races, it's just, you just trope it up hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my next class is a tiefling cleric, and this one you, you like, play seriously, but it, as a joke. Like, ironically seriously. And it's a tiefling cleric that is super, super racist against fiends and worships Avatar. <laughs> that is um, absolutely fantastic. Um, I don't know why I haven't thought of that or seen that before. That's such a great idea. Like, just really, like, lawful good. I mean, even Paladin would be hilarious. Yeah, you could do a Paladin or Cleric, really. <laughs> um, my next one is um, very different from that. Um, and this is something, again, I've played, and this is something where you have to be... Okay, there's always people who want to do the evil character in a good party. You have to know how to do that. And I'm going to say that ahead of time. That's something that takes a little bit of effort to do, um, but can be really entertaining if done well. I had a character. Um, it was a lawful evil cobalt mesmerist. Now, if you're not aware of what mesmerist is, it was in Pathfinder 1st Edition as part of the occult stuff. Uh, basically, your main thing is you hypnotize your party members to implant tricks that help everyone in combat. And uh, so it requires the party to put a lot of trust and faith in you. On top of that, Mesmerist gets bonuses against people trying to sense motive or uh, sense alignment on him. So you get this, so you get a lot of benefits. And I played as a lawful evil Cobalt, and basically his motivation was he was only with the party to hone his skills. And no one questioned me. I was just, and I was like the uh, the guy in the party. I was like almost leading the party for months, real time. And then uh, someone cast a, a circle against evil as a protection spell, and I was just standing outside of it. And they're like, "Aren't you getting to get in the circle?" And I was like, "Ah!" <laughs> uh, and then it, it turned into a huge thing because everyone was like, "Oh crap!" God, <laughs> it was. It's real good, but you have to basically understand that you have to hide the evil as long as you can, and at the right moment, you're basically going to let the party kill your character. That's the only fun way to do it for everyone. Um, it's it's got to be this big betrayal that ends in your death. That could be fun to uh, set something up with your GM that your character is like a mini boss type character that you know once revealed the GM lets you do PvP. Right, and um, that is the thing with an evil character. If you're playing an evil character in a good campaign, you have to understand that that's not going to last forever, and that eventually you're going to have to let the party kill you. That's the only way it's going to go in a fun way. Yeah, yeah, I agree. There might be other ways to do it, but that's at least one of the best, if not the best way. So my last character idea is a catfolk artificer, another artificer. And this one is essentially Indiana Jones, but a catfolk artificer. Uh, his main weapon is a whip, and he just goes around and 
kind of uses spells to be tricky and get it out of situations. Um, I'm curious why you picked Artificer for this instead of Swashbuckler. Because when I think Indiana Jones or like Jack Sparrow, my first thought is not Artificer. It's definitely Swashbuckler. Swashbuckler would probably work too, but when I played this character, it was in D&D, which doesn't have Swashbuckler. Ah, that would uh, that would be the uh, the reasoning then. Yep. Um, all right. All right, so that has been 10 character ideas. Now, um, at the beginning of this episode... I mentioned that um, I talked about the stream, which we're going to do, and that is, as I said at the beginning of the episode, still on schedule. So just to reiterate, that is going to be happening on um, the 7th, that is this Friday of May, so May the 7th, at, uh, and we're going to start the stream at exactly 4.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. This is going to be completely homebrew. Um and it's all stuff I've wrote. I've wrote the entire campaign. I've made the setting. Everything has been done from scratch, essentially. So it should be a real great time if you're into homebrew, which if you're watching us, listening to us, I think you are. Um, we hope to see you there. If you can't be there for the stream, we are going to also be uploading it to YouTube uh, within a couple days after the stream goes live. Um, we're going to include the Twitch link and the YouTube link in the description for this episode of the podcast. If wherever you're watching this, uh, that doesn't show up in the description, you need to go to our actual um, home site of Anchor and look at our podcast there. I know it does show up on most streaming platforms, but I can't guarantee it shows up on all. So you might have to come visit us on Anchor to actually see those links. Till next time, this has been Homebrew Portal.